it's good hour day. JD Bunkus, Ben Ennis is here. You're you're a really good guy. You're coming on to do oh, the thanks. show today, despite it being you know the beginning of a two week vacation for you. Yeah, which. I started this last year. Last year, though, I didn't get the the full two week vacation because one of the weeks was me moving into a house, which was yeah, it's not a nightmare. It's yeah, not it's not. Great. That's not vacation time. That's no. not. That's not vacation time at all. And you did the smart thing, which was hiring movers. And I was very proud of you because, as a former uh, mover myself, as my summer job working for AMJ, mm-hmm. you asked me how much to tip and. I being it's like going to dinner with servers you know like you have to tip this you have to and you're just it's annoying and I was that person to you once Mm -hmm. but you did it you tipped I came through yeah you did I was really proud of you you had I get calls all the time from those guys they're like you need to move again you want to move hey like how do you feel about moving like did you miss some stuff like maybe you want to go back to your old place and move some more stuff yeah no man I'm telling you though there was nothing there was nothing that made you feel better doing that job than when a customer gave you a huge tip and basically understood the amount of labor that you put into a day, right? Like, I, I respect servers. I love servers. But mm-hmm. sometimes they'll just go out and, you know, they're, they're bringing you a couple of beers, right? They're bringing you a couple of – sometimes I just get bottles, right? And they'll just bring <laughs> sure. you the bottle of beer. You're like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. All right, I guess. Open it. They got to open the bottle. Yeah, they do fun. open it for you. That is pretty nice. But Sometimes it's not even a twist off, you know? Like sometimes I got to use an opener. I, I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but that really is one of Side- the hardest things to do is when you go to dinner with a server and they are just constantly like talking to the server Mm. And trying to relate as though they're in the back, like they're working back there. Yeah. And they're asking them stuff and they're trying to relate to the person. And then at the end of the night, the service was just like, okay. And they're basically telling you to leave the cost of the meal for <laughs> yeah. the drinks as I, a tip. I think 100% is, a, is probably it, an exa- exactly. tip. She was amazing. You have to tip her. You're like, okay, why don't you pay? <laughs> you, know, you, should, you should pay. <laughs> you're so adamant about it. But anyway, so we're, you're on vacation. You're doing the two-week thing. Uh, I've got some time coming up here in a little bit. It's weird because we're, we're in the dead season, but there's these huge stories that are looming with William Nylander and Pascal Siakam. Like I, I talked mm-hmm. to Grange the other day, and he was saying – that it's like a 60-40, 70-30 split that Siakam gets traded. And with Nylander, I think that the implication of there still not being a contract as we head into mid-July, that it's becoming more and more likely he gets dealt. It's also a little strange Matthews hasn't been traded. But I feel a little it's bit... a little strange Matthews hasn't been traded? Signed, signed. sorry. Signed. Yeah, did I say <laughs> okay. traded? We just need to clarify that. You just yeah. you kind of bulldoze through. Maybe yeah, I so. have... Maybe I have vacation break too. But anyway, I, I was going to say that you do. You, does this happen to you with you having kids? Because there is more activity at night. There's more stuff for you to do. There's more just yet, yeah, you know, people around, wife, kids, things to do, things to occupy your time. But I, I find myself kind of embarrassed that when seven o'clock hits on All Star break week and there's no Blue Jays. And it's not like I want to watch baseball every single night, right? Of course, there's there's off days, blah, blah, blah. There's nights for sports. But I when it, when it gets to this point where it's, you know, five days and there haven't been sports on TV, I'll just go and, like, phantom turn the television on and oh, yeah. sit there and kind of be like, <laughs> what's here for me to have, you know? And then I have to, I have to like, find a nightly activity that doesn't yeah. involve sports on a weekday where I also am working. It's... It, this is hard for me. Like once I get into this this range, you don't you don't have anything like that. Well, 
I yeah, I think the kids thing does yeah, it, it, and I also I'm in a, a weird week here where I'm not working right. So yeah, no, I've I've played. You know, we've we've done a couple of times this week is we've played nine holes of golf. Me and the two boys and and my dad went out and played golf last night at seven o'clock. So oh, you right, were that late, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's because uh, you know I didn't want to play with my seven and five year old in the middle of the day when other people are actually golfing. So we're the yeah. last group off. We go just before. Uh, sunset, like we finished just before sunset, and it was it was great. And yeah, it, it that that it uh, it filled the space, the void in my brain, the the yeah. spart, uh, sports void. It was me actually playing sports. Maybe you should try that. Maybe try playing sports yeah. in, instead of trying to 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 watch the non-existent sports on television at seven o'clock. The, the the thing is, is that historically I have liked team sports, and that actually is a difficulty of doing this job. Is when you sign up for a team and you have sports you have to watch across from sports you are supposed to go and play mm. it gets harder and harder especially when it's the the show is now me right like you you know one good thing about doing good show and having a co-host was you would have those times where it would yeah. be hey i actually need you to carry the show a little bit more in terms of the the main topics of the evening that's not how this is when the the show is called the jd bunkus podcast yeah. there's no me going to jobo and saying hey joe uh you have to come up with everything for tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to sit down in the chair and you tell me what's happening and, and what went on in the world of sports. And kind We're of coming up with an entire sports take uh, based off a box score. That's, uh, you yeah. can't do that. <laughs> oh, my God. No, dude. I, I think that it's okay to do that from time to time for certain people. But for me, who has imposter syndrome already, mm-hmm. I, I can't add another layer to my fraudulent feelings about myself, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I can't add another, hey, oh, not only do you feel like maybe you shouldn't be here sometimes, but now you actually didn't even watch this game or <laughs> participate in this event that people don't know. But yeah, it's just, it, it's so strange that I can't, like I'm conditioned like a dog. It's dinner mm-hmm. time, you know, that it wears yeah. the food. Dogs eat at a certain time, and I'm the same way with sports, where during these dead zones, I'm like, and wh- where? If I'm on vacation, it's fine, right? If you go, like, you're going to a cottage this week, then you don't think twice about it. You're just at a yeah. cottage. You're on vacation. Although I, I'm, I will watch every Jays game from the cottage, probably. You'll watch every game? You- yeah, the, the the cottage we go to has, like, a, a, a nice outdoor television set up by, like, oh, the that's fire. Not a cottage. It's- that's not well, a cottage. Well, it is a cottage. That's a, that's a lake house. I mean, it's a cottage, and yeah, it has a, a television outside. Yeah, it's a lake for watching sports. Yeah, no. If you have a TV at the the place, is not that's my like defining rule for well, cottage well, like, versus house. You don't want to have like uh, running water, like plumbing. Like no, you running have water to have an outhouse. Fine. No, running water is fine. I did. You can't uh, have when... a television at all. Like in the no. in the cottage out nowhere can you there can... be a television in your Here's cottage. What I would say. Land. If you have a television at a cottage, it should absolutely not have cable. If it's a cottage, if it's a lake house, fine. If it's a lake house, fine. Mm-hmm. But if it's a cottage, it should absolutely not have. Well, th- it doesn't cable have to- cable. It doesn't have cable. No, I have to like hook up my iPhone. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say I like it when there's still like a DVD collection and a mm-hmm. DVD player oh, attached yeah. to the television at the cottage, and you go, oh, okay, this is this is what's happening here. That that to me is acceptable. You know, that to me is. You can see that you can watch the Matrix DVDs. Yes, there. that counts. That's still a cottage. That's it's it's flirting with the line, 
but it absolutely <laughs> still counts. If you've got a DVD collection, if Pulp Fiction is still there in the wrapping, you know, there's always a DVD that still hasn't even yeah. been unwrapped Unwashed, that someone's yeah. waiting on, then then that one still counts. But yeah, if you're out on vacation, I, I don't mind it. It doesn't hurt me at all. But I am such a, yeah, trained dog that I, once 7 o'clock hits at night, and then even 8 o'clock, right? Because Jay's just played Chicago. So mm-hmm. that one even throws me off a bit where I go, what do I do with this hour, I guess? Yeah. I just like mull about. <laughs> you know, I just mull. I f- so what did you do? Last night? <laughs> no, it, during those 8 o'clock games because I'm interested in this. Like, oh, what did you usually, do for the one hour? Usually this is really Brush your teeth thing. again? Like, yeah, I don't know, have yeah, a shower? I, I work out. <laughs> I usually – I'll just usually add a little bit to working out. I'll be like, hey, oh, go do okay. something physical. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'll just like jump on the road no, for tracks. a little while or go for a walk, something where I, I feel like I'm at least moving my body around. No, mm-hmm. that's that's it. That's that's pretty much it when it was the 7 o'clock starts, was add a second workout to the day and go, wow, I'm so fit. I'm the fittest guy. And then delude myself into believing that this could become like my regular thing mm-hmm. where I go, what if you did Yeah, if there were no sports, it would just be like 10 hours a day of working out. That's that's what I mean. I'm like, what if I just added to this? Uh, what if I just – man, I could get shredded. It's like I, I love pretending that I am at some point in time going to get – like Zach Afron level fit, <laughs> that this is going to be the summer that it happens. So far, over you know every year of my life, but someday, you know, someday, absolutely someday. Okay, so yeah, you are on vacation. Um, you did play a little golf with your dad. I do want to talk about that. Um, but let's let's do a little Jays since they're coming back, and you're not going to be here for a couple of weeks. So, uh, what what interests you right now? Like we're in that dead period. Mm-hmm. I've been talking about them for the last couple of days. You're going to be off for a little while. They hit the second half. And, and I feel like right now, everyone, what we do is either – it's usually super optimistic takes about the second half, right? Like that's mm-hmm. usually the way that we look at things. But, yeah, what, what do you care about right now? What are you thinking about when the Blue Jays return? Well, I, I'm thinking about what we get out of Ross Atkins because I, there is mm-hmm. like kind of a t- weird 2015 parallel, not because of the quality of the team, right? Like obviously 2015 – that team, despite not winning the World Series, was World Series quality, right? And and probably should have. Uh, and the Royals got on this incredible run, and and yada yada yada. They they end up winning the World Series. But I mean, look at the middle of that lineup. I I don't think you're going to get too much pushback. That that was the best offense in in baseball at the time, and they had the top of the rotation. They had the bullpen stuff. That was a World Series caliber team. It's it's hard to look at this team as World Series caliber, obviously, with the way the offense has, has sputtered and the way Alec Manoa, you know, like he either has been the worst pitcher in baseball and or or not in the major leagues and one start against the Tigers doesn't exactly convince me that the Blue Jays have this one-two top of the rotation thing that was the m- biggest reason to be optimistic about their World Series chances this year. But it's the Ross Atkins, Alex Anthopoulos parallel that's interesting to me because Go back to 2015, and, and I know we, we play the results now, right? Alex Anthopoulos, what a genius. That guy should have been GM emeritus forever with the Blue Jays. He was so good and was always so – that guy was on tenter hooks to, going into that season. And if things didn't turn around in the second half, everyone would have been waving, like, gladly farewell to Alex Anthopoulos. Mm-hmm. Ross Atkins' job is on the line here, Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and making the playoffs does not save it necessarily, 
But we can, I think, all objectively look at this team and say, man, are the Bones here to, to be the best team in baseball, to be a team that should be favored in any postseason series against all the best teams in the American League? So do you get a desperate Ross Atkins at the deadline, understanding that, hey, if, if this team, will one, doesn't make the playoffs, he's obviously gone, but two, makes the playoffs and then goes out meekly in another wildcard round, is probably out. How desperate does this team get headed into the end of this month to try and, and beef up what is, again, like obviously an inferior team in the American League. Okay, so I, I really like this. I will say that the first thing that does come to mind, though, here with the firing of Atkins is you, you don't think Shapiro's job is on the line, right? No, no. Shapiro's done the smart thing. Like, he's insulated himself. So, like, he is it, – it's funny because he came over from Cleveland – and part of the the discussion was that he wanted to be more hands-on with baseball operations, which yep. he had kind of moved on from in Cleveland. And he wanted a bigger payroll, but he wanted to do everything, right? Like he wanted to be part of uh, the infrastructure and, and, and maybe a new stadium and at yep. the very least uh, renovating Rogers Center, which he's done. But I think he's done a good enough job of ingratiating himself to ownership and all the things mm -hmm. that he's done with, with Rogers Center. I, I think, no, he's, he's, he's here for the duration. Okay, so... The reason why I ask this is we just went through this thing where Brennan Shanahan fired Kyle Dubas. And Leafs offseason could it like again, I mentioned off the top that there's still some major moves that could end up happening. There are also moves that you felt like Dubas could have made too if they like if Nylander wasn't gonna sign a contract then he probably would have had to have his hand forced. Like I don't think that the Nylander negotiations have stalled in any way because it's Brad Tree Living no. versus Kyle Dubas, right? Remember the early narrative was hey, if they fire Kyle Dubas it, it throws things into flux with how yeah. how Matthews is gonna feel. Awesome, and then a yeah. a day later it was actually nah, he's pretty happy here five. and he'll probably yeah. sign for five years. Whatever. <laughs> but that's the thing is Dubas gets fired, and Tree Living comes in, and the Leafs look a little different right now. They get the Bertuzzi and the Domi contracts, and those two guys are here, and there's some optimism around the team and some excitement, and I I'm all for that. I'm not trying to poo-poo it, but I, I definitely felt the sentiment once Dubas had been fired of, like, we went and moved a week on, it started to just feel like, oh, right, if you have the guy that is above the guy mm -hmm. still there, a lot of the things are going to feel very similar. And you start to wonder, well, who's actually in charge of some of these moves and how much are you actually deviating from the plan? How much is the new guy stepping in here and saying, oh, you guys had it all wrong, man. You guys had it all wrong. You buffoons. What you need to do is this. Who's going to really be having the keys? And, and so it's not like I ever want you know Atkins to be fired and I, I don't root against executives obviously not why would I? I live in this city and I want to see the baseball team succeed but there is a part of me more recently anyways that goes well what would it matter if the like Raptors fire Bobby Webster because they trade their first round pick and then an offseason the same offseason they go yeah actually we're going to trade our star player you go wait what that doesn't make that the, these philosophies this this right. should get you fired this makes absolutely yeah. no sense this is this is mind-boggling but what does it matter if Masai Ujiri's at the top and I feel the same way a little bit with Atkins here where I go all right sure he's 
GMing for his job or whatever. He's got to figure out a couple of nice moves around the deadline or can he get aggressive? But ultimately, if you're Shapiro, one, why would you want him to get super aggressive? And then, like, what does that mean? All of a sudden, Tiedemann's on the table, like Aralvis Martinez, the two prospects well, that you have left? I mean, yeah, we're getting into a bigger question about, like, workflow, right? And, right. and how much autonomy uh, Ross Atkins has. And I, I do think that there's, like, a significant amount. Like, I, I do think Shapiro is, I mean, he's pretty hands-on with the, the the financial operation of the Toronto Blue Jays and the communication with ownership. And I, I don't necessarily think that he's um, blocking things that, that Ross Atkins wants to do. I, I would hope that when you hire a GM, that, yeah, you, you, you're, you're giving him, if not full autonomy, like the ability to shape the roster in, in, an image that he so chooses, right? Like, if, if that's not the case, then there's, again, like a, a little bit more rot in the organization than I ever thought. Um, and even with the Shanahan thing, right? Like, there's a, a couple of reports about things that maybe he he wasn't too bullish on. But, like, yeah, I, 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 I don't think he's, uh, he's initiating some of the decision-making, just like I don't think Mark Shapiro is initiating some of the decision-making as we get to a crucial point yeah. in the season. I I think we overdo it with the whole, like, one guy's going to go desperate for his job and just say, yeah, let's give up everything to get... But we saw it. We saw it. 2015, we saw it, man. Like, you... Don't you think that was a bit different, though? That was a bit different in the sense of, like, that team had... Like, you mentioned bones, right? That 2015 team had real bones to be good. There was a clear dip in the division. Like, man, that's the big difference for me is, is with this team, and I've been talking about it all week, but... The 2015 Blue Jays, there was a real opportunity to seize within the division and within the American League. The teams sucked. This year, part of what makes the Blue Jays feel so crappy is not that the team doesn't have, you know, uh, like they're not good. Everyone acknowledges that they're good. It's that it's so frustrating the Orioles and the Rays are better and better positioned. I mean, the Rays have hit uh, the skids a little bit before the All-Star break. Sure, the Rays have hit the skids a bit. I'm just saying that ultimately... It, it is only this... seven games at the like between the Blue Jays and Rays at the top of the division, right? Which sure. is like, it's 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 not one game, but it's sure. not ten anymore. It's it's seven sure. games. They can, if, hey, Ben, guess what? If they flip the standings and they find a way to win the division, I think people are going to be very happy and all of this stuff goes away. Yes, of course things can change. Are they likely to? No. My point here is just simply that I, I think that 2015, there was far more of a case to say, hey, let's push chips into the middle. You can get David Price. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. well, that actually sort of, that, that makes sense given where you're at hey, right now. can with you get team. Max Scherzer? Maybe. Might be able to get Max Scherzer. Scherzer. But why, no, I don't think that they have stuff to get Max Scherzer. That's the other part of it, too, is if you're – I don't know if you're blocking things if you're necessarily Shapiro. I think if you're him and Atkins, you're just hoping to kind of – like if you want to keep your job security, you want to be the guy that continues to go and executes the plan for this guy, that you're willing to say, yeah, I'll do what's best for the team and we're going to not be desperate here because we want to make sure that the plan continues year over year. When, when will it ever behoove someone to try to get aggressive and have it backfire and then your entire reputation is, oh, you actually were the guy that got too aggressive and you did it selfishly. I, I just don't think it works that way anymore. Man, like, 2015, I, I don't think the Jays like were 50 and 50. One like they yeah. weren't in first place. They they were uh, they weren't even five hundred, right? And what was and the I Yankees record though at the time? Uh, Yankees were in first place by like a significant margin. They made up the, oh. all the ground right in the second half. Yeah, of the you're season right. They did they get extremely hot. The it was insane. 
right? Yeah. And remember some huge series, Yankee Stadium. Um, yeah, no, it was it was an incredible last month, two months of of the regular season in in 2015. Yeah, is this team as good as that team? Again, no, I don't think so. And is it different when you're talking about Alex Anthopoulos, his first kick at the can as a general manager of a baseball team, right? But like in in that way, it was riskier for Alex, right? Because if it does go belly up for him and that team doesn't go on the incredible second half run, it's like, oh, this guy had one chance and he got so nervous and, and so anxious and, and saw the writing on the wall to such a degree that he just traded away all the, the young prospects to, to try and make the playoffs because he knew he was going to be out. He ends up making the playoffs and then ends up, you know, yada, 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 and, and winning a World Series yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, for Atkins, like, the, this guy does have a track record um, – as as a major league executive, so at least he's got that to fall back on. But yeah, I I, I do see a parallel here. Like this is not so that that team in 2015 had aged players, right? Like Josh Donaldson, Jose Bautista, Edwin Encarnacion. They were not like they they were in their primes. It turns out, but yeah. you could not see like another five ten year window. Vlad and Bo have two more years of team control yeah. beyond this one, right? Like you can see, think about man. It's really like I read that the other day, and I went, "Oh my god!" Right? This this happened so quickly. Matt Chapman is a pending free agent. Like Addison Barger or Relvis Martinez might be the third baseman for this team next season. Like there's there's real reasons to to believe that like the time is now as 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 perhaps not as uh, uh, as good as you think this Blue Jays team is or as, as flawed as you think this Blue Jays team is, I don't know, in the next two like years, is, is, is there is there going to be a, a a better Blue Jays team with a better opportunity to, to push chips into the middle of the table? Yeah, I'm not so I, sure. I, well, I would say this. There's, there's a couple things. One is, I actually like that take of, hey, you're trying to make sure you capitalize on the final two years of control of these guys. I don't think you're making any moves because what Matt Chapman's contractual status is anymore. I think that maybe there was a time, there was a month, Buddy. there was a the begin the first month Let's of the season. See how quickly case. you pine for Matt Chapman next year when Arelvis Martinez is hey. hitting like one twenty and has fifty strikeouts in April next year. Well, I like that you put that as the bar because Matt Chapman's not exactly that far over at the last two and a half months. It's not great. So I, I don't want to have them make moves based off of that. But you're right. I think that the situation is a little bit more desperate. Again, though, this is all leading into why people have been upset about this team that is ultimately good and right now sitting in a wild card spot. Um, I don't think that they would add a pitcher like when you say Max Scherzer. I'm going, no, you've already got your lottery tickets and hoping that Manoa normalizes and hoping yeah. that like there's something to Ryu. Do you, like, I was going to do this as a separate conversation of optimism about Ryu, but I got to admit that – no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I – He's not exactly a fireballer that has to come back up here, and I know he was in pretty tough shape when we last saw him. He was a guy that was looking to get bounced out of the rotation, essentially, but now after all this rest... Yeah, like all this rest on his arm. Remember his whole thing about how if when he was coming off a six days rest, I'm like, what would he be if he's coming off a year and a half's rest? I don't know. I I kind of I'm buying a little. I bought Ryu stock, and I gotta say, as someone who bought Trevor Richards stock and Yusei Kikuchi stock this year, like mm. you should kind of tail me here. Like people should be tailing my no, Ryu stock. Hey, it's not a bad take as far as like him being able to help the rotation, and I, I don't know if they're gonna run a six man rotation. No, they um, can't. 
They, I don't know if you can count on this rotation to be as healthy as it's been all season long, but maybe you can. I mean, that was part of the appeal of Kevin Gossman and, and Jose yeah. Barrios and Chris Bassett. Those guys are super durable, right? Like, they, they, those guys have been good, but those guys don't spend time on the IL. But we also have to remember that, like, Hunjin Ryu, real good during the regular season, but even the Dodgers agreed that, like, uh, hey, come playoff time, probably not somebody we want in our postseason right, rotation. Yeah. Yeah, I, anyway, we don't need to go too far down the dreaming on Ryu thing. I just, yeah, I did, I, I, I was remembering how much we all loved Ryu during the pandemic. Ryu kind of saved the pandemic for a little while. Absolutely. He was so enjoyable. That was the best. That was such a great, great, great um, forgotten season from Toe to toe against Garrett Cole in game one of the season yeah, was, yeah, yeah, sign of so things fun. to come. So incredibly fun. Loved the Hunjin Ryu year. But I, I don't think that they're going to go out and get a starter. That doesn't really make any sense to me, especially given that a year from now, you're going to look at the rotation and go, everything's still set. That is the beauty of the, the Blue Jays, is that they're going to walk into next year with Manoa, Gossman, Barrios, still under contract, and Bassett. And Kikuchi. Right? K- uh, Kikuchi has, oh, right, he has one more year left, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I forgot about that. I actually thought that he was a pending UFA, but no, that's great. So, yeah, you have a starting rotation that's already set. You would hope that by that point they can bring in – that they will learn their lesson and try to bring in some better lottery ticket starting pitching arms or guys mm-hmm. will have developed by Hutchison. that point. Yeah. yeah, just something. Just something else other than – yeah, uh, I already forget to get Bowden Francis as your six starter or whatever the hell, as your kind of middle relief six starter type that's right there. To me, it's like it's all about the offense. They're going to get Chad Green, and we said we hate that they are going to have the internal development or the internal addition of a relief pitcher there. Yeah, maybe they add one other guy, but I, I have a hard time predicting this front office going out and making a really splashy reliever move, especially after they invested, you know, the Tay Oscar trade chip for Eric Swanson. Would feel pretty difficult to say now you're going to take either like the prospect you also got in that deal or plus, plus, plus to go out and get another relief pitcher. To me, it's the offense. Like, how aggressive do you get with the offense? And, yeah, those pieces, what are you going to spend to improve that and and where are you going to go with it? I just don't really see a path even for when we're talking about the desperation where there's anything that makes sense outside of splashy bats, maybe maybe two. Yeah, I mean, obviously a right-handed bat. Um, Yeah. And, and, you know, part of this, the conversation about the, the Blue Jays' inability to hit left-handed starters and, and the need to maybe add a righty bat really yeah. is all predicated on Alejandro Kirk now having a full calendar year of having no power and being a below-average offensive player. Like, this, this is a guy that's supposed to be... This, this, is, this guy is, is supposed to be playing way more than a normal catcher, right? He's supposed to be the DH. It's... it's him and Brandon Belt splitting time mm-hmm. at DH, except he's unplayable there, right? Like, what? Yeah. Why would you play a guy with an OPS of 660 as your designated hitter? Like, yet who's the worst? That, that's also what's so weird ab- about evaluating this this team, and it's obvious deficiencies in offense, which I think we can all agree. But you look around the diamond at the nine guys. There's who who you're going to pull out of there? I mean, yep. second base. Whit Merrifield's an all star, right? Like in and. And he, and he's been a contributor. Um, okay, I guess Dalton Var, Varsho in left field has been an underperformer off, offensively, but they've made an investment in him and obviously believe in in you know the two way ability. And his defense has been great. Center field, Kevin Kiermaier, same thing. Like, and he's punched above his weight offensively. Like, there's no obvious 
place other than, you know, DH when there's a lefty on the mound. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and you can kind of go bargain basement chopping with that, like a Tommy Pham type. Yeah, uh, from the Mets. I, yeah. That's what I think I, they're going to do. That's what that's that's what I really believe they're going to do is that they're going to go basement bargain shopping for two bats. That they'll try to add some of their depth and go. We want to have a better bench. We want to have guys that make our offense a little bit more versatile. They want to. They're going to have to prioritize, prioritize that DH thing. But you're right. Like they what? You're right. They're going to sit Dalton Varsho in games. Yes. Yeah, after there's no shot. Zero percent. You're gonna sit Kevin Kiermeyer out in center field. Like you're gonna find a center fielder. Like I don't, I don't see that one. What move George Springer back into center and then go find another corner no. outfielder and play more games without Kevin Kiermeyer? I don't see that happening. You're not, you're not improving at third base. Like you'd love to. You'd love to do some kind of trade where you move Matt Chapman, collect some assets, and then go get your actual third baseman with a little bit of term, right? Like that would be the biggest type of in-season, but that's an off-season thing that's going to end up happening there when they address third base pretty clearly. Short set, first base set, catcher set, you just have to hope Kirk normalizes. You're right, it's just, I think that part of the disappointing thoughts about a deadline, or the idea that you know, Atkins could go really intense and go after a bunch of stuff is that it doesn't make sense anywhere. Like, there's no... There's no thing that they can do, and you say yes. That's an obvious. That's an obvious piece. That's an obvious move that you have to make come deadline time. But you're the GM, and I'm not. So think of it. Yeah, you you yeah. figure it out. Do the incredible thing. Like I mean, there there is like there's a part of my brain that does want like the galaxy brain thing of of somehow swinging a deal that sends Matt Chapman somewhere and backfilling the third base position where you can do two things at once, where you think about the future and you think about the now and you you, you somehow at least maintain your talent level or, or increase it uh, with younger players and yeah. still, you know, move off of Matt Chapman. I, yeah. But uh, yeah, save for some Here's big swing where you're actually get? moving major league talent off the roster. It's it, Yeah, it is. It's... It's hard to envision something that changes the fortunes of this offense. So it's it's probably, yeah, a, a right-handed bat that's either coming off the bench or starting against left-handed starters, and then you know another bullpen arm is probably what you're looking at because you're you're right when you talk about the rotation that there's already, yeah. Well, there's not a lot of, you know, quad A starting pitching depth. If Hunjin Ryu comes back, you actually have more than enough major league capable starting pitching. Dude, you know you know what I was thinking of. Um, so I had a really bad take. I'm not doing this to expose you. I'm not doing this to shame you in any way. Um, but because I, I had a hor- when Whit Merrifield came to the Blue Jays, I was apoplectic about trading for a guy that had 640 OPS. More so, it was the inactivity of the deadline than it was really Whit. But Whit kind of bore the brunt of my frustration because it came in under the wire and I was live as it happened. I do recall a certain someone that is currently talking on this program saying that. You'd rather have Matt Chapman than Jose Ramirez. Uh, that that actually worked out well no. for yes, I, yeah, you did. Uh, yeah, I you said did. I'd rather have Matt Chapman than Jose yeah, Ramirez because you were so excited about his defense and you were just like, this guy's going to be the <laughs> he's going to Scott Rowland 2.0, all this different. You got very excited. It's all right, but I was actually thinking about that the other day. Of if this Blue Jays team, one of their biggest what ifs is going to be what if that trade had been consummated because mm-hmm. it would have been. It would have been Kirk and Pearson as two of the big components of it, right? There wasn't some yeah. massive part of the trade that would have taken 
a big core of the Blue Jays. You would have had Jose Ramirez at third. So obviously your offense would be nasty right now. You would be fine on the base pass. You wouldn't have traded Gabriel Moreno. He would still be on this team. And I know that he has struggled lately. And, you know, I'll probably do a little Diamondbacks talk tomorrow ahead of the, the actual series and the, the trade. But maybe maybe then all of a sudden you don't have Dalton Varsho. Maybe you have something else. Like, the components of the team are so drastically different. If you have Jose Ramirez right now in the middle of your order is, is those guys instead of having Matt Chapman. And then he just decided that he wanted to stay in Cleveland. Yeah, that he was going to take less money. Like, what a massive what if. The Jays were there. Like, Blair reported it. Like, that, yeah. that trade was close. Yeah. Yeah, that one would have been good. The Francisco Lindor one would have been really bad. Like, we yeah. look back on the Lindor oh, thing yeah. and how cl- – I mean, that was that one felt even closer, right? And the Carlos Carrasco that component was to it. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. No, those, no, no. They, ones... they had to trade for him and then hand him the same contract that the Mets oh, eventually right, did. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The, the, no, that, yes, that, was, right. that was very much on the table and – I don't know if Bo Bichette would have been headed the other way or Bo's playing second base. And, and maybe, you know what, Francisco Lindor, sliding doors, maybe Francisco Lindor not playing in the media market that is New York City. Maybe he's uh-huh. closer to the Francisco Lindor we saw in Cleveland for his entire career. But, no, that would that's a franchise killer, right? Like, the yeah. Mets can get past it eventually because they'll just spend, you know, they're spending $400 million this year. They'll spend 500 next year, um, and they'll just cover it up. But, no, that would have been an absolute – franchise killer for the Blue Jays if they had consummated the Lindor one. Um, I also need receipts to go from this to this one to that one. It's like, I'm just like, if you could pick one perfect thing right now for the Blue Jays, it would be a massive upgrade at third base and a nasty bat. And that's the guy. And they almost had it. Like they really almost had the piece that probably would have put them into being just I, I keep using the word special and people get mad at me because they're like, the rotation's one of the top ones in baseball and the offense is top 10 WRC+. Plus. Like there's, it's like, no, 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 no. When I mean special, I mean you're going to remember it for the rest of your life. You're Just like we do with 2015 in the middle of that order. You would have, like, you could have had that. Like you could have had that with Jose Ramirez. It was so, so freaking close. The exact thing they need. Because that's like, the, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because you mentioned the whole, you'd love to do the Chapman piece and do the flip thing. It's like, who's the third baseman you want? You know, like, who's the good third baseman that well, is an upgrade that you definitively feel like you're better than having Matt Chapman there that's out on the market? How about his old college teammate, Nolan Arenado? I, the I was going to say, he's the sexy, yeah. He's the sexy name. <laughs> the Cardinals fold-up shop. I mean, he's getting paid a zillion dollars for yep. the next four years and is in his mid-30s as well, but, like, is actually producing and is better than Matt Chapman on, on both ends of the ball. But, no. I also need receipts on this Jose Ramirez like, the, the Jays are better with Matt Chapman over Jose Ramirez. Because that, uh, listen, as much as I loved Matt Chapman's defense, I'm sorry um, when the Blue Jays consummated that deal, I'm like, number one Jose Ramirez <laughs> fan. Come on. No, I'm telling you, man. No, that a, seems the, like one that you just you just invented. I Honestly, if I could invent that take from you and I just did it off the cuff, I'd be really impressed by myself. I would be really, really happy with myself. But no, 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 that really was your take in the moment. But I think that you were in your defense, trying to make it a little bit hot takey, trying to... You think I would have just referenced the Scott Rowland stuff? That was your favorite guy. You loved yes. Scott Rowland. No, I, so, I... Yes, 100%. Like, that part, yeah. 100%. Did I think yeah. Matt Chapman... And, you know, has he been pretty close to the build uh, uh, defensively as a member of the Blue Jays? Yes. Has he been as good as Scott Rowland? No. Like, Scott Rowland was you, the best defensive third baseman I've ever seen play for the Toronto Blue Jays. 
Exactly. And you thought Matt Chapman was going to be Scott Rowland 2.0, and you were like, it's good because they didn't have to trade Kirk, who's a generational bat behind the plate. This is like, I, I remember the take very vividly. Like, it was, a, it was a very strong take from you, and it was based on a bunch of different components, but it's fine. Like, again, we all manufacture these things. You don't need to ever see. So I wasn't, I didn't mean it as like a calling you out thing. I'm saying that it was a huge pivot that moment. That surprises me. It was a huge pivot moment that obviously was big at the time, not getting Jose Ramirez, but it ended up even being bigger because he would have been the absolute perfect fit for this team. And right now, when you're looking at holes on the roster that you really wish you could improve and that are scary projecting forward, it is third base. Like, third Mm -hmm. base is the big what's happening here now and what's happening here in the future for the Blue Jays. Anyways, I like the take. I like the thought. I like the idea of, yeah, this being Atkins' time. I'm just... I'm really not optimistic that the Jays do anything more than grab a depth starter, potentially grab a relief pitcher that could or, you know, maybe is on the roster, but is not a late back inning guy. And then that they add a bat who hopefully is a solid right-handed bat, but maybe they just grab two of them and they're kind of scrap heap dudes. And, and they hope that one of them turns into Steve Pierce for the Red Sox run where they get hot and at least has that pedigree. Like, yeah, that's it. I'm telling you right now, Tommy Pham is going to be the guy. At, at 35 years old, having a nice season yeah. for the Mets as the Mets sell off every piece, right-handed bat. Can... You think the Mets want to deal with the Jays after the Jays have caused them so much strife for the last couple of years? I I don't think there's an issue. Like, trading Tommy Pham? Yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah. No, not not an issue. No. I think Tommy okay. Pham is going to be the guy. Um, right. Yeah, he's got an 836 uh, OPS and 350 on base this year. Right-handed bat. I like bat. Tommy Pham. Yeah. I've I've it's always en- enjoyed Tom, the Tommy Pham oeuvre, and not a guy that's going to get upset about you know a part time role because obviously mm-hmm. that'll be what it what it is. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's come back. Sportsnet five ninety. Like you can't delete a thread. You got to keep yeah. them forever. If you put one up, it stays forever. No, it's a great product. No, it's really great. And yeah, it's so good. They're grinding it out. Like they're yeah. one of these days I heard they're like they got their big brains in a lab and they're working on a way to deliver you a just a timeline of people you follow in chronological order. They're working on it. They got the, yeah. the beakers and test tubes, they're pouring liquids, they're one of these days they're gonna get it. I literally have looked at threads once yeah, and it was that day that it launched yeah. and you said we were gonna talk about it. And yeah. I signed up and, and looked yeah, at it and awesome. realized that it's total garbage and that's yeah. been the last time I've used threads. I, again, I made this point out yesterday, but it's I, I cannot believe that there are people out there that view Mark Zuckerberg as like morally superior to Elon Musk in Although kind of shredded. Do you see him with his shirt yeah, off? Dude, like... he's, he's doing MMA and he's yeah. – uh, yeah, of course. Man, if, if, if you have all the money in the world, at some point mm. you want to live for a long time. If I was one of those guys, if I if I was one of those guys, I'd be a health fanatic, and I would be like, if you've heard of those, oh, what are they called? Uh, like the blood doping thing, where they go and they get the blood of the youths and they cycle it into their own sure. blood. Yeah, sure. and it works. It, yeah. <laughs> it actually makes blood spinning. You, is that what it is? Yeah, blood spinning. But it's like you have to take a younger person's healthy blood mm. and and like swap out your old mm. crap blood. You're a couple years in. younger than me. Might use. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you don't want my blood, buddy. What do you think? <laughs> my, you think my blood is good? It's, my blood yeah. is awful. It's terrible. Be like um, Mad Max on the front of my car. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, that's not that's not what you want. That's not what you want. But yeah, of course, of course, those guys should get treaded, and of course, those guys should, yeah, want to stay in shape and live and get all the best doctors and medicines in the world. Anyways, good for them. But yeah, I'm not, 
Uh, I'm not a fan of the idea of one guy having all of the communication services. <laughs> I think that that's probably not the best idea to have him own Meta, uh, mm. which is going to be the Metaverse someday that we all enjoy. No, but, yeah, they've given computer. up on the Metaverse. Oh, they gave up on the Metaverse? Oh, that's Dude, you have Oh, yeah, there's been some, some great, like, that... Okay, so the Meta is. What about all the is, people that bought Metaverse real estate for big buddy, money? Buddy, like you are SOL. But like <laughs> they 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 published some of the 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 financials yeah. of the Metaverse. Yeah. And, and again, like a global company, it's Facebook yeah. made like four hundred dollars in a month for 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 Meta, the Metaverse, like wow. some of the, the the pay pay to play Metaverse stuff. It was unbelievable how, nice. how much of a flop it was. How nice would it be though for people that just bought like. The pictures of those crypto monkeys mm-hmm. and meta real estate. I think there's a concentric fine. circle, like uh, yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. Though, but they're just fine. It's like Justin Bieber. I love when people post that. They're like, Justin Bieber bought this, you know, picture of a crypto monkey for a million dollars, and now it's worth thirty-four grand. And I'm like, you think that that's something to him? You think he's no. like even aware of that in no, the portfolio? Like, yeah. He yeah. doesn't care. He, he probably didn't al- even press the button to like buy no. anything. Someone told him, "Hey, you just bought this." He's like, yeah. "Oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. cool." And not only that, even so, the amount of times that those guys get referenced for this mm-hmm. thing, they're like, "Yeah, yeah, that's what we want. We want to be a part of the zeitgeist." Yeah, you're right. Darren Ravel would be like, "Yeah, this actually has generated uh, seven billion dollars in exactly. in visibility clicks for Justin exactly. Bieber." Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> those guys can take. Uh, long shots on a million different things. They don't care. They do not care about missing out on that stuff. Who you should feel bad for is your one friend who talked about it for a year and was like, man, my crypto picture monkey is going up, up, up. It's everything to me. I'm thinking about buying a second crypto monkey. And you're like, I don't know, man. I don't think that you should be so highly leveraged in crypto monkey pictures. And then he... How <laughs> about physical things, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, like maybe like on a physical touch. thing. No, dude, that was still the funniest thing to me too. Is I we talked about this during the pandemic, but when we were in the pandemic and uh, all of a sudden people were holding on to like expensive baseball cards, I was like, that has to feel bad, <laughs> you know? Like you're looking yeah. at a little piece of cardboard, and you're like, I paid a million dollars for this. You go, oh, yeah, it's good. It's that. It's worth it. <laughs> it's. It means yeah. something to you, I guess, right? No, things the the values on some different things changed. Anyways, um, you went golfing with your dad, and I need you. You know, I love your dad. I I adore your dad. He's one of my favorite guys to be around for uh, giving you a quick story. And his just your dad has a perspective that is very unique, right? Like we've probably sure. underdone stories about your dad and interactions yeah. with your dad on the show. We've brought some things into the fold. I'll never forget the day we called him on Good Show and I and and he just you know he had zero nerves about doing a radio show whatsoever. He's like, yeah. I belong here. This is where I should be. Yep. I should be on the show. I should be the third man in. Okay, but you went. You go golfing with him a lot, and you posted mm-hmm. some photos. I don't know if actually you posted your photos of your dad's no, outfit, I didn't. but you sent them just privately in a group chat. And I, yeah. I was like, so you get out of the car and you see your dad waiting for you, and he's wearing that. Do you have at least a, a thought of getting back in the vehicle? But it's not that dissimilar from like his normal get up oh, and okay. I will say I, you know what I might have bought him those socks now I th- so they're, they're socks they're like hot dog socks you're an enabler, you're an enabler <laughs> well here's behavior. the thing about those socks is like generally man they're like I, I wear ankle socks when I golf in the summer because I wear okay. shorts and I think it's a kind of a ridiculous look to have like long socks that are not like Bermuda 
socks or whatever, like the ones that go up to your knees. But no, he wears like normal socks and he pulls them up as high as they will, they will go. So oh, and and these socks that were purchased for him are hot dog socks. They're like like yeah. hot dog with 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 mustard on them. Yeah, um, so he was wearing that yesterday, and he was yesterday was Hawaiian shirt day. He invited me to to also participate in Hawaiian shirt day. Oh, so it was already an event at the course. Okay. Well, this, no, uh, no, the... it was not an event at the course. It was like him and his buddy were like, "Hey, we're gonna wear Hawaiian shirts." It was tomorrow. just two you... guys. It was just yes, two guys. Correct. They called That's it Hawaiian correct. shirt day. That's I actually correct. I respect this more now. See, this is what I mean. I love about your dad is that he would definitely be the one that came up with Hawaiian shirt day. Like he would have texted his friend and been like, "Well, do you sixty percent." Of his wardrobe is Hawaiian shirts. I was. <laughs> He's like, "Do you want to do Hawaiian shirt day?" His friends like, "Don't you mean the shirts we always shirt wear day? To yeah. every yeah. single day?" We just Actually, day. you should you signify when it's not Hawaiian shirt day. Yeah. Like that yeah. would be easier. But yeah, no, he wore the Hawaiian shirt with the hot dog socks yesterday. But the tweet that I sent out yeah, was, yeah, "This is what I want to get into." I, I didn't so he, understand it fully. Okay, so my dad. Um, well, he, I guess. I should preface this with he doesn't buy new golf balls because why why should he right like he finds so many old, old guys love to do this they they search for golf balls and and he has a million of them and he doesn't yeah, you're, you're generally, a frugal character I think like, it's, sure it's I think that's very fair but when he gets yeah. these golf balls he draws little airplanes on them so they're like you, nobody else has a golf ball that is <laughs> has been identified in the way that my dad's golf balls. Ben's dad is a pilot, by the way. That's why. Yes, he, he puts ball. little red airplanes in Sharpie <laughs> on his golf balls. So we were uh-huh. teeing off on, I guess, it was the third hole yesterday. No, it was the seventh hole, and he hits his tee shot way right, like towards the fescue. And I start walking over there with him. And walking, walking, walk. and I see a ball that's like on his line, and then it's got a little airplane on it. And I'm like, "Oh, you're over here!" And he says, "Oh, that's great. It's further than I thought it was." Goes over to the ball, and I walk away, and I see him. He's not hitting it. He's not hitting it, and he's having a conversation with somebody. And he comes back to me, and he says, "That's the the guy from the group ahead of us. He found my ball yesterday. He's using it as his own. He put his own mark on it. It's a different ball than the one I was hitting." My question is a very interesting ethical debate. That is clearly my dad's golf ball, right? He no. lost it the previous day. He lost no. it the pre- – I mean, it was at one point his I know, golf but ball. It, yeah, but it's, it's it like – sure, but it's not, an eth- it's not an interesting ethical question at all. It's very plain and simple. That is no longer your dad's golf ball. I, like it is now technically because yeah. he found it and it had his mark, so he has a claim to it, right? Mm-hmm. But – if there was like any way that another guy was like, "Oh, that's my ball," it's like, or that that was his. Your dad's doing the exact same thing. Does your dad want to live in that outlaw land where all of a sudden people are like, you know, having conversations about who's lost ball right. with someone's property? Like, no, a lost golf ball, you it your it, the property is gone immediately. Well, like it's, I will it's say there is there's enough. a caveat to that. Like, if it's the same day, if it's in the same group, like somebody you're playing with finds your ball. Same day, same group is different because I just think it would be a psychotic behavior yes. to be like, this is mine, I found no. it. You're like, no. I'm and especially, you. like, how would they have found it unless it was on the same hole you lost it? <laughs> right. Like, well, I so, mean, some of these holes go back and forth. So, sure, like, I, I, Oh, yeah, you're right. I guess that's true. But, uh, yeah, no, I think that would be an insane move if someone was like, yeah. oh, look, your golf ball from earlier. And they're like, I found it, though, and <laughs> I, I'm using it. And now we're both using the same little red airplane balls as we hit it. No, no, no. That's, that's no, nuts. but I, I thought for a second we were going to have 70-year-olds uh, throwing – 
uh, throwing punches at each other. Well, so I was going to say, did, was your dad's contention that. that 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 man should have known yes. that it was his ball because yes. he had airplane on it? Okay, and you yeah. know what happened later in the round? He did no. give it back. He gave it back. They exchanged golf balls. He gave him one of the ones he had found during his round, and he 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 retrieved his old golf this ball. This is just old guy stuff now. Golf. This yeah, is just 100%. old guy stuff, 100%, yep. like where they're just going and, hey, we're passing time here. <laughs> <laughs> we got to figure out some drama. Yeah, yeah we, need a, we need a little of spice in the day, and this is what's yeah. going to happen. Anyways, I'm glad you brought this to me, and yes, I do. I, I really, really do really love your dad. Anyway, he's a great guy. I uh, hope that we end up having more conversations with him. Anyways, uh, we got to wrap this up. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave five stars. We'll see you tomorrow.